Hi, it's Leon Dolan, and my new book, The Marriage Sabbatical, is out now and available everywhere. People Magazine chose it as an April pick of the month, one of the best this week, a hopeful take on commitment, they said, and an innovative story about marriage. Mmm, sounds juicy. The Marriage Sabbatical, out now, available everywhere. We are the Satellite Sisters. Welcome to the show. Not every conversation will change your life, but any conversation can. I'm Liz Dolan. I'm here in Santa Monica with uh, two of my sisters on the line, Julie Dolan in Dallas, Texas. How's everything there? It's good, Liz. I'm happy to be with you today. Okay. Happy Thanksgiving. I know we're going to hear about that later. but Yes, I have some great news. I have very good news about Thanksgiving 2016. So hold your hold okay. on, sisters. Wow. All right. <laughs> all right. And Leon Dolan in Pasadena, how's everything there? Liz, I'm hanging in. Hanging in, Liz. Hanging in. Yeah. I, I understand. I know that we're starting today's show with your four-part plan. I have four. devised a four-part plan for how to get through the next four years, for me personally, <laughs> and I'm willing to share it. It's taken a week to craft, but I think I've nailed it. So I'm just right. going to put it out there. Join me if you want. That's all I can say. Totally optional plan. Completely optional. (laughs) All right. Then we have uh, news on one of our favorite men who was just named Glamour Woman of the Year. So we like that. Uh, I have some uh, observations about work that I did at National Geographic that is now happening. I want to tell you about that. Julie, meanwhile, you've just decided you're going to draw a line in the sand and save cottage cheese that's 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 what cottage cheese wants what greek yogurt has and we're gonna help (laughs) we're gonna help today sisters all right leon you've got some fashion fails tips to clip some tips to clip for holiday fashion fails channeling sheila little cozy couch here that's what I got. And and at the end, uh, we want to talk a little bit about Satellite Sister Civility because during the last week, we've experienced things on our social media that haven't happened in the Satellite Sisters community before. So we just kind of want to reset, remind, review the rules of civility we have here at Satellite Sisters so we can all carry on with our lives. Doesn't that seem like a good idea, sisters? Now's the good time, idea. Liz. Civility rules. If not now, when? (laughs) Exactly. This is when you're really called upon to dig deep Mm -hmm. in uh, with your civility skills. Okay, Leon, you have a four-part plan. This is good news. It is for me personally. It is good news. I was not happy with the outcome of the election. I won't lie. A lot of the things I care about, I'm concerned about for the next four years. So you know, after a couple of days of wallowing and watching all 10 episodes of The Crown in the middle of the night because I couldn't sleep. I mean, Liz That's like, a good strategy. How did you get through all those episodes? I was like, well, if you're up wide awake at 2 a.m., you can watch a lot of TV between 2 a.m. and 8 a.m. Uh, so I just decided, you know, what do I need to do to sort of make peace with what's happened and move forward in a positive fashion? Because that's what oh, I would like I- to do. Move forward in a positive fashion, but still have my eye. I'm going to keep my eye on some people and I'm going to keep my eye on some issues that really, really matter to me. So, um, you know, for a long time, I feel like I've uh, been attuned to issues around uh, parents and families and working mothers in particular. And so I feel like that's a beat that I staked out a long time ago, starting on Satellite Sisters and I'm writing at Working Mother and just writing and talking and thinking about that a lot. And those are still really important issues and they're centerpiece on how I vote for candidates. So 
that's my long-term goals, to make sure that I keep my eye on women and families and working moms to make sure they don't get lost in the shuffle. Okay, so I'm going to... That seems like a good platform. That's my platform, Julie. It's always been my platform. It seems self-evident to me. So that's what I'm going for. Uh, So here's my strategy. I'm going to act locally. I'm going to act nationally. I'm going to act globally. And then I'm going to act personally. All right? Oh. So... Believe me, nice. I have really, really. You have, you have been awake. Overnight. I have you been have wide been awake. awake a lot. I woke, Julie. I woke. Uh, I have been wide awake pretty much for the last seven days. But um, <laughs> so, so locally, we have an organization here. It's called Mothers Club. I have worked with them informally and donated to them over ten years. I love this organization because they work with immigrant moms and their kids. They, they are on a two-track strategy to help women that come to this country that don't speak English, that may lack parenting skills, may lack resources, and basically they just lack a community to join into because the immigrant experience can be so disorienting and so lonely. So Mother's Club teaches uh, parenting skills. They teach English as a second language, job skills, computer skills, resume building. And while the moms are in class, the kids are getting a high-quality preschool education and uh, it's all free so that's an organization I thought okay for a lot of years I've worked informally with them I think I'd like to commit more time maybe pursue a a board role there you know getting women on nonprofit boards is something that we can do locally to support the causes that matter to us and keep us in touch with the people who need those services so locally that's my plan get more involved there okay nationally nationally uh, I'm going to go to Washington, D.C. and walk on that march on, on January 21st. I've never done right. any, any kind of march at all. <laughs> I don't even really like charity walks, frankly. I think they're bogus. But <laughs> that's, that's good, sister. Yeah. That's a good position. But, I mean, you're fined up and ready to go now. Yeah. Okay. It's just, uh. I just want to make the point, like, I'm not really – I walk, but I like to walk by myself. <laughs> by myself, usually. <laughs> not with a million other people. Yeah. Okay. But <laughs> – I thought to myself, well, you've got some time to prepare, Leanne. You've and, got you know, some time. I do, and I also have some time. You know, there are, again, those issues of surrounding working parents and mothers and and families and children. A lot of moms don't have the time to go to Washington, D.C. to march in this. I feel like I can represent, particularly California. You know, we, we, we need people out there speaking up for us. So uh, I have some frequent flyer miles. I have a college friend who had already booked, like, I guess it must be the biggest room at the airport Marriott. So that's where we're staying because I think there are like 10 people staying in the room. But we don't care. We're going to have fun we're there. Yeah. And uh, we're flying in. I'm going to march in that march. And I, I think that's important to stay on it and to stay focused and to let people know we're watching on certain issues. Okay. Globally. All right. Check. Globally. Got that. You know, I've been working on that International Women of Courage Committee with the U.S. That's Department good. of State. And we had a meeting last Wednesday I, I, you know, there was not a lot of joy in Mudville, I have to say, because it doesn't look uh, like the incoming administration. That hasn't clearly has not been a focus of them, women's global issues. And uh, but we hope that um, whoever the new secretary of state is carries on this 10 year program at the Department of State. It was uh, initiated by the Bush administration and then carried on by the Obama administration. And it's to honor women all over the world that are doing really important, thankless works in all areas from, you know, legal defense to working with victims of human trafficking 
trafficking and rape to, you know, really simple things like getting women uh, back into the workforce or just giving them their own economic power by giving them a sewing machine or, you know, a small business loan. So the organization I work for is nonpartisan, and we're really hoping that um, that this program carries on. And there was just a fired-up sense of the women on the committee that, you know, now more than ever we need to focus on the women. This will be, you know, this is up to us as citizen diplomats is kind of what's in our mission statement to say the work that these women do is important. We can raise money for them. Our organization, you know, gives them funds to carry on with their work. And then we finance all kinds of NGOs all over the world with with small loans doing the same sort of thing. So our work is even more important now if this is not uh, a priority of the incoming administration. So that's globally. So I got locally, I got nationally, I got globally. Pretty good so far, right? Wow, Liam. I, I think it's perfect. inspiring, Liam. Yep. <laughs> okay. Personally, I'm going to get a dog. I mean, what the heck? I Liam, need- <laughs> thank goodness. I thought of that this week. I was going to make you that suggestion to you, but I, you didn't seem like you were able to receive suggestions yet. But I think this is great. I I applied. Uh, We put in our application at a German Shepherd rescue here in Los Angeles for a dog on Sunday. My husband was out of town all week. So we showed up Sunday. He's like, I can't believe you don't already have a dog. I thought I could... (laughs) I thought I'd come home and there would be a fleet of German Shepherds in the backyard. But I said, well, I thought I would ask you first. So we have put in our application for a nice, a mid-sized, middle-aged German Shepherd. So that's what I need. I'm a mid-sized, middle-aged German Shepherd. Yeah. So no, no, no more puppies for you? No more puppies. I don't really want high-energy young adults. There was one dog in particular at the shelter that caught our eye. And uh, I particularly like this dog because it said that this German Shepherd, which is true of a lot of German Shepherds, our first Shepherd for, true, for sure, doesn't really like other dogs. And I like that. <laughs> I don't want, I don't like You don't want, you don't want, want other to go people. to the dog park or, no. or have to really build a big social life. No. So given that you don't like really walking with anyone, <laughs> it seems like if you could get that dog, yeah. you two would be very happy together. That's what I thought. So, uh, you know, it takes a while. I guess this is a, like a hoity-toity German Shepherd rescue. So you have to pass a lot of things. They do like an aerial view of the house and stuff. So we don't have the dog yet, but I just thought in general, I need a pal. So uh, that's it. That's my four part plan locally, nationally, globally, and personally. And I like it. You know, once I figured it out, it made me feel a lot better. You know, this is what we got. You know, if you're concerned, you want to keep your eye on the ball, you know, go for it, make it happen in your own, in your own life first. So that's my plan, girls. That's my plan. I like it, Leanne. And I like that for, you know, that, you know, this is your empty nester year. You are sort of finding your way in this new period in your life. And it sort of coincided with an election that did not go the way you wanted and that you have channeled it in very positive ways. It seems, sounds like you're going to be pretty busy. Yeah. You know, I couldn't have done it 10 years ago. I mean, I was thinking right. uh, there are other times when there have been administration changes and you just kind of sit it out because let's face it, you're busy and you're working and your day-to-day life, if you're a working parent. It's just, it's sometimes too tough, but I don't, I don't have that excuse now. And I feel like I can go out and represent and take care of some stuff that other people are too busy to do. So that's the plan. As long as I get my dog, as long as I get my dog, I'll be fine. (laughs) Very inspirational, Lynn, because I feel like, oh my God, now that I, now that I don't have a job anymore and I'm on an extended newscation, not watching any cable news. I have like 
10 hours a day with nothing to do. I yeah. got, <laughs> I need to be, have you been under, I asked you, I, I checked in with you, Liz, didn't I? Yes. After the election, just wanted to know how much time you were spending underwater and whether you found that at all comforting. It was, it was very comforting. But can I just say this about the newscation thing? The, uh-huh. the, re- the reason for my extended newscation is not a judgment of how the, um, the election turned out as much as, as it was a realization before the election, you know, and Julie, this is something that you brought to Satellite Sisters, that the the conversation that happens in the, well, it's not even conversation, but the sort of the yelling back and forth of political talking points that happens on cable news is just really not constructive for us personally or as a nation. So like it's the, you just have to kind of get that out of your life and find news sources and information that uh, do tell you what you want to know in, in a way that isn't so, um, counterproductive. And so it, it really, even yesterday, I feel like the the death of Gwen Ifill, oh, uh, you know, yeah. it was, that was just another sign. Like there is a journalist that could really be a role model to everyone. Right. And I watched um, the PBS News Hour last night, which they devoted almost the entire hour to Gwen. And so if you need another reason to cry, you could rewatch, rewatch that. <laughs> <That's sad. laughs> but it was sort of a reminder, like, News and information can be presented in a thoughtful, balanced, well-researched way. And that's what I need in my life. So, uh, so I feel like I'm going to work that into my, uh, uh, my diet uh, of news and information. And, and that will be helpful too. Got to work on, work on the rest of my plan. My, sadly for me, my dog is sort of at the end of the, his life. And, uh, so the, a walk with Ferris now lasts about 10 minutes. So yeah. that's, that's not going to fill in the 10 hours that I have. Uh. <laughs> You'll figure it out, though, Liz. Now you have the structure. Locally, nationally, globally, personally. That's the structure. That's the structure. Okay. Do okay. it. I like- Thank you, Leanne. That's very helpful. Well, uh. sisters, I have some other good news today. Uh, it sounds like Leanne is, you know, she has her plan. Uh, I just, I'm, I went back to the future. I want you to know that Thanksgiving 2016 is going to be a good one, okay? Because it's over. I've already had my Thanksgiving. It was a good one. And I believe that uh, people across this country can have a good Thanksgiving this year. Um, That's great, Julie, because people are fearful, because people are still so riled up that sitting across the Thanksgiving table from each other, uh, you know, has created a lot of anxiety in a lot of families. I know. We we had an issue in our family, as I think I mentioned on the last podcast, my my son and daughter-in-law and granddaughter were coming down early from Brooklyn uh, to celebrate Thanksgiving here in Dallas just because of the travel hassles associated with actually traveling, traveling on the Thanksgiving holiday. Um, my seven-year-old grandson, Benjamin, who lives here in Dallas, uh, came home this week from school uh, and he was really upset. He was crying. It was uh, he was very, very fearful because not so much, not because of anything that the teachers had said about the election, um, but it was what was being said by the kids in the schoolyard, that they, these kids had heard things from their parents, awful, terrifying things about mm-hmm. Trump and about Hillary. And there were, you know, like verbal confrontations. And he was really scared. 
You know, I mean, because these were kids that had repeated what they had heard from adults, uh, you know, in their homes, uh, awful things that adults were saying at homes, these kids brought to school and it left uh, left my grandson really fearful. So we made we made the pact that for the children, we were just not going to talk about the election at all. We just felt like we really, you know, it was upsetting to me that he was so upset that he yeah. was that he, you know, that he had heard things that he couldn't understand or put into any kind of context. Um, and so, you know, we just made the pact that we were just going to focus on being grateful on our family and our food and having a peaceful gathering. And and that's what we did. Uh, we, you know, we just tried to, you know, we, we just did not even reference anything that had happened uh, earlier in the week, you know, which is a pretty. Even, even when you were alone together? Not a word, not a word, because, you know, here's the thing that kids have big ears, Liz. You know, you you think you're just talking to an adult or you just think, you know, it's one fast comment that's going to be over their head. Uh uh-uh, uh, they get everything they you know, that you just you we, we just couldn't take a chance when you. You know, when I saw a seven-year-old, like, you know, just, you know, thought a war was going to start the next day. You know, I mean, he was terrified about things, you know, that I just, you just, we just did not talk about it, honestly and truly. Uh, So we were, you know, and that, you know, I don't, I don't, it made for a very nice time. Uh, So, I mean... I was still worried that like it wouldn't feel like Thanksgiving because it wasn't Thanksgiving. And, um, <laughs> and on, and on the, That's one reason. Yes. And on the, you know, on the pro side, what it meant was my son and daughter-in-law and granddaughter Josephine were able to have sort of, a, you know, incident free travel. They got in and out of New York. They got back to New York and it was smooth. It was not crowded. You know, they, you know, everything worked out there. It is much easier to shop for Thanksgiving when it's not Thanksgiving. Can I tell you that? <laughs> the grocery stores are not that crowded. You can just wheel your cart around pretty easily. It's that's good. Okay. We had very good weather. I mean, I can't say what it's going to be like next week. I mean, I see that there's a snowstorm situation moving into the upper Midwest, you know, uh, so that uh, that was it. Um, uh, so, and we were still able to watch football. Now it wasn't Thanksgiving day football, but there were, there was football on TV on Saturday. Now we don't have, we didn't have a parade and we, there was no, you know, uh, fun run. You can't like, you know, couldn't yeah. don't to the food bank. So some of the other sort of traditions associated with Thanksgiving, but I'm, I'm telling you that when we sat down for that meal, I was like, this, okay, you know, this feels, feels like the holidays. So um, I I have to say that I did employ Edna Dolan, our mother's, uh, I, nine rules of Thanksgiving. Now, Leon, you for many years have hosted our family Thanksgiving out in California, but I think you would agree. I just got a very exciting invitation yesterday, Julie, (laughs) uh, (laughs) from Leon for Thanksgiving. Yeah. Because that was all very up in the air on our end here on the West Coast. Yeah. We had a lot of comings and goings and we weren't sure what the, what the final guest list was going to look like or 
if we could uh, get up off the couch, but we're good. It's, it's, we, we're doing it. We're doing it. Okay. Well, that's good. Well, here so are, the what are mom's nine rules. Cause nine course, rules no of idea. Thanksgiving. Um, uh, Leon may need to amend this list, but rule number one is it's never too early to set the table or peel the potatoes. I found myself peeling the potatoes at like six o'clock in the morning on Saturday. We have Thanksgiving on Saturday. And of course I had already set the table at 6 a.m. So that was good. Number two, you cannot have too many pilgrims or turkeys. Uh, I, you know, that you, you, there is just multiple locations in your house that needs pilgrims or turkeys and they should all have that. Everybody needs an apron. Number three, you got to okay. have an apron. And we have now a apron shot that I like to do with my daughter-in-laws and my granddaughters, you know, so we all have aprons. Uh, we that's try a to good one, ap- Julie. I like it. Photo op. Like it's it. a good photo op and that's nice. Yeah. We try to keep the appetizers light. Now, yeah. as Edna Dolan never did because we always had, we always had pate and potted shrimp, but I've pared it down to the carrots, the celeries and the olives so that people are really hungry when they come to the table Many hands make light. Don't worry, Liz. I'm making pate. Don't worry, Liz. Okay, good. I'm making pate. I do. I okay. I don't subscribe to that. One hors d'oeuvre. Yeah. Fine. I do. I do appreciate that Liam's invitation, Julie, is for 5 p.m., which is fashionably late for yeah. Thanksgiving in our family. <laughs> yes. I like it. Yes, it is. Okay. Many hands make light uh, work. Okay. We had many people working in the kitchen. I had a, a mashed potato team. Uh, my son was roasting the turkey. We we were very very busy. Um, uh, number uh, six, I think this is, or seven, uh, no, this is six. Food has to be hot, right? Yeah. Leanne, there's yeah. a lot of pressure, but yes. you got to do that. Food has to be hot and you have to rest the bird. Number eight, okay, yeah. or number seven, have to rest that bird. You need to take a walk in between the meal and the dessert. And rule number nine is no matter how unnecessary or incongruous Ch- chocolate turkeys make the day. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I noticed someone posted photos of chocolate turkeys in the Facebook group. Yes. And yes. Very Just chocolate turkeys make <laughs> yeah. the day. They were a big hit with the, with the, with the younger crowd, Leanne. I know that you have eliminated them from your, your Thanksgiving. No, I like, you misunderstand me, Julie. It was, I like the chocolate turkeys. It's the fudge. Mom brought tons of fudge. No one in my family eats fudge. It was like, crazy amounts of fudge and other stuff no the chocolate turkeys are an essential part of our thanksgiving and you put them on the table they look great so no chocolate turkeys yes six pounds of fudge that only i'm gonna eat no (laughs) no (laughs) it's leftover fudge that is the real problem yes okay so all in all it was very successful although at the end of the weekend my son nick who lives here in dallas said well what are we going to eat next thursday so I'm cooking. I, we're doing a whole nother turkey dinner next week. Okay. Pizza. Oh, that's not fair. It's not fair. I feel I was thinking about that. Can't you do turkey enchiladas? I don't, I don't know. We're going to do something. We're going <laughs> to do, do turkey something. enchiladas or turkey, well, this thing, turkey man. tetrazzini. Do turkey tetrazzini. Everyone. I don't that. have any turkey left, Leon. And you can Liz, buy I got, just I got the breast. Yeah. I got to do this. But there is a national trend. People are having smaller, multiple Thanksgiving celebrations. I mean that, you know, because of distance, because of divorce. How about a Friendsgiving? Have you ever been to a Friendsgiving where you go with your friends for a Uh Thanksgiving meal? Those are nice. 
now classroom celebrations. Lots of kids have pretty elaborate uh, celebrations in the classroom that people all over the country are eating multiple uh, holiday meals. Okay, and the supermarkets and the food delivery services are are getting into it. And Leon, they're doing just what you were recommending. They're trying to cook up alternative uh, you know, like turkey or fall based items yeah. like turkey petrozzini or turkey enchiladas, pumpkin ravioli, or, you know, vegan op- options, or just totally abandoning the turkey and saying you should eat venison for, uh, for your fall classic meal. But no, no, I don't, I don't, no. I don't wrong. see that. <laughs> I don't, wrong. I don't see that happening, but I do think people are, are, are having, multiple thanksgiving celebrations i think that is pretty common and right i have i have mixed feelings about that i'm not ever the cook so i feel sorry for the cook for who if you have to make multiple meals but on the flip side the much more important thing about this holiday is to spend time with your family and friends so if people are opting to do more of that and less you know black friday shopping i think that's good i think that is a very healthy instinct to devote more time to just getting together with your loved ones okay so i can live with that because i'm not making the meals i would just (laughs) like to note if you're interested in the turkey tetrazzini recipe it's in our first book our mother's delicious turkey tetrazzini recipe is in satellite sisters uncommon senses and we always have it the saturday after thanksgiving i make that it's just as much of a tradition as the uh as the the actual turkey so yeah the saturday or the sunday you get turkey tetrazzini at my house it's a good one it's a good recipe Sherry. Yeah, I'm coming back. Coming back. I'll be there Thursday and Saturday. <laughs> that would be you would be participating in the multiple family celebrations, Liz. Okay, way to go. But I'll bring the chocolate turkey. Yeah, I, I, can, I okay. can handle that. And what I always get assigned, which is ice. <laughs> you can never have that's that's probably rule ten. Edna yeah. Dolan's rule ten. Yeah, about she always said that. Yeah, yeah. Never yeah. have too much ice. Yeah. Okay. Well, happy Thanksgiving. I feel like we're ready now. Okay. Recommitted to the spirit of the holiday. That's what I think you, uh, that's what I want to suggest. I don't want to tell people what to do. I'm just saying (laughs) this is how we approached it. And it was very satisfying. That very satisfying. So that's okay. That's what counts. Well, also in the spirit of information, of inspiration and making people feel great, on for those of you who have listened to the Sunday new to you show that we posted, uh, we purposely picked that out because it was very inspirational for everyone, no matter where you are across the political spectrum. We had just come back from Maria Shriver's California Women's Conference, and we had heard everyone from Warren Buffett and Arnold Schwarzenegger to Billie Jean King, of course, Maria herself, Christian Amanpour, you know, listen back to that show. There's a lot of interesting, inspirational and somewhat forward looking um, observations in there. So the but the big highlight of the conference that year. So this is was from 2008. The thing that we were very excited about in the Satellite Sisterhood was that one of the headliners getting one of the big awards was Leon's main man, Bono. Bono. Right? Not one of the headliners, Liz. The headliner. Okay, the five <laughs> yeah, o'clock. Was, he was run, it. He run was. in as soon as the doors were open, five rows back. Bono. Yeah, Liz. Not, 
<laughs> okay. All right. I was just trying. I think the Dalai Lama was also there that year. Okay, I don't know. Whatever. I can't remember. Whatever. So it's just uh, what, okay. <laughs> the main man, the headliner, Bono. So uh, we put that out there on Sunday. If you haven't already listened, uh, listen. You're going to feel good about everything that gets discussed there. Well, that's why I was surprised and happy to see in the news yesterday that another annual event, which always does a fantastic job saluting women who are contributing in major ways to the world, to the world. That is the Glamour Women of the Year Awards. They gave their first ever Man of the Year Award to guess who? To Bono. Bono. <laughs> that was the so, first time they've ever given an award to a man? Wow. Yeah. That's, yeah. It's significant. Women of the Year, Julie. It's Women of the Year. But uh, anyway, Leon, I know you noted that on your Twitter feed, too. Yeah, you know, I love him. And when you look at what he's actually accomplished with the One Foundation and his new um, campaign is is poverty, <clears throat> excuse me, poverty is sexist, uh, talking mm-hmm. about, you know, how women really suffer all over the world from poverty more than men. And again, basic theory, if you lift up women, you lift up their economic circumstances, you help the whole country, you help the whole town, ta- you have the town, you have the country, you have the, gl- the nation. So, I mean, he's really accomplished amazing things in terms of aid and work on poverty. I, I know it's easy to dismiss people as rock stars or why should we care about their opinion, but he does the work, man. He yes, has he accomplished does. stuff. Mm-hmm. No, agreed. And uh, a lot of this is posted online. We'll put links at SatelliteSisters.com in our show notes. There are videos of the various speakers, but Amy Poehler uh, gave him uh, his award. And I just could not love Amy Poehler more. <laughs> she started by saying, what an exciting time for men. <laughs> 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 I read that and she did it in a very deadpan way. Yes. <laughs> well, it is unusual that this was this was the year yeah. that they gave out their first award to a man. So <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, anyway, so so fish around on the internet to look at the, they actually do a day long conference, Glamour. Um, and they had, you know, all kinds of people there from Gwen Stefani to Christine Lagarde, who runs the International Monetary Fund. So, you know, they're they're always out there trying to raise consciousness and raise money for a lot of the fascinating and important work that all kinds of women do all over the world. One, uh, one of the honorees this year uh, is a woman named Nadia Murad, who... Um, was taken prisoner by ISIS in Mosul and mm-hmm. managed to escape. And now is the person she's brought her case to the uh, the international court in The Hague to prosecute ISIS for what they're doing um, in uh, kidnapping and sexually terrorizing women. So they got the whole gamut covered at Glamour. We love that about them. From Nadia Murad, to Bono, to all oh, and one of the big award winners was Simone Biles. So you got to throw in a little bit of the Olympic spirit. That's She's a awesome. good event. Yeah. yeah. She, well, she deserves that too. Yeah. Yes. She deserves that yes. too. Yeah. She, Christian Amanpour has a really nice piece on Bono. So I'll put a link to that at the Satellite Sisters website in the show notes. Just an appreciation. She knows him well. And, uh, you know, just he, he is my man for many reasons. Uh, I've loved him since I was 15, but he's, he's an impressive guy. He's done some impressive yeah. work. Okay. 
All right. Okay, well, this is going to be a hard segue because we do do big, serious topics, but sometimes we do smaller to- topics, too. Locally, you know- nationally, globally, personally, Julie. Locally, okay. nationally, okay. globally, personally. This, this is so, so this all, will- they all count. They all count. Okay, using your framework, Leanne, this, uh, this is an issue that I know we can get on board with. Just uh, cast your memories back. Leanne, you and I took up the uh, cause, uh, I think, over a year ago. When we saw the impending demise of toast, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You know, and we well over a year. Yeah. Yes, well over a year. It was a food trend. People were not eating toast. They didn't like toast. They didn't want toasters on their counters. They just no more toast. Okay. And we were sad about that because we love toast. And we started talking about toast. And now you cannot you can't go anywhere that there isn't toast on the menu. And it's usually about twelve dollars because they've slabbered something on top of it, you know, but the toast, we brought toast back. I feel like we personally started that movement. Yes. And so I have a new cause for you, Leanne okay. and uh, Liz, and that yes. is cottage cheese. Mm. You know, oh. Cottage cheese. Which, is cottage that, cheese in danger? It is in danger, uh, Liz. You know, it's just Greek yogurt has taken over the dairy aisle. Yeah. And you think that Greek yogurt is the only high-protein food in the dairy aisle. And you know what? That's wrong. That's wrong. <laughs> but it is delicious. You have to admit, delicious. I'm not saying, I mean, I think there's room for both, Liz. But I'm just saying, poor old cottage cheese that's been around since the 1970s, that was the original diet food because guess what? It's simple, and in fact, it has more protein than Greek yogurt, and it doesn't have any of that sugar in it, you know, when you get by the yogurt with the flavoring. So, you know, it it was, it has been there, it has been helping us, providing us with a delicious, nutritious, high-protein snack, and we've turned our backs on uh, cottage cheese. (laughs) We have, Julie. We have. They need a new marketing campaign. Liz, now that you're on the Tuesday team, you can get on this. You were wondering what you should do with the rest of your life. Cottage cheese, Liz. Because you're right, Julie. I mean, it's delicious. I have some I'm looking forward to for lunch with a little salsa and some Triscuits. I mean... I mean, if you go out to a restaurant and you order the diet plate, you used to always get a nice scoop of of cottage cheese. No more. And inexplicably Jell-O. Yeah. In the (laughs) old-fashioned diet plates. Remember that? They always had Jell-O on them. We've learned a lot since then. Okay, so this is the triple C, the cottage cheese comeback. Okay, we have got to get we have got to get on it. You should just I mean, there is nothing more delicious than small curd cottage cheese, yeah. as far as I'm concerned. Okay, but delicious. but cottage cheese, the cottage cheese industry, they're doing their part too. So first of all, new packaging. They're coming out with those single servings. So it's just gonna look just like yogurt, you know, because everybody loves the single servings of yogurt. So cottage cheese is there too. They can do Julie, that. why you gotta be such a hater on the yogurt? Yogurt. You're bitter now. Watch it. Watch your not tone, bitter. Missy. I'm, I'm, I'm not, with you, but I just, with you. I just really been thinking about poor old cottage cheese. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. So, and then they're, they're introducing new flavors again. Uh, so how about a maple vanilla cottage cheese that you could put on perhaps a waffle in the morning? Oh, that sounds or, gross. I'm no, sorry. No. <laughs> No, no. Okay, how about a Kalamata olive? Okay, uh, okay, uh, okay, that's okay. possible. Cheese. How about that? Or how yeah. about a blueberry no. chia acai? What's that word? How we we couldn't acai. pronounce it? Acai. Acai. How about that? How about that? Sure. So you know you don't want. Okay. Well, the problem with I feel like cheese, it needs to be savory, not sweet. But that's okay, just. Me. Well, 
but they're trying to do that. They also have a basil parmesan. How about oh, that? Yeah, yeah. That right. sounds pretty good. Okay, so but there is a hurdle that that cottage cheese has that Greek yogurt doesn't have, and that is consistency and texture. Yeah, that it's divisive. It is a divisive yeah. food, you know, yeah. because some people just can't get into that texture. But I I suggest it's because they have not really had fresh cottage cheese. You know, you have to really reach to the back of the dairy uh, containers to get the freshest, freshest cottage cheese you can. Or if you live in Connecticut, you should go to Stu Leonard's and get that (laughs) cheese. That would be my that would be my suggestion. Yeah, but it is high protein. It has just simple ingredients. Um, You know, I just I feel like it can be a very, I mean, it's a little higher in sodium. Okay. I, uh, so we got to be totally honest about that, but it doesn't have the sugar. It doesn't have any of the corn syrup or, you know, any, um, so I think you can really be an excellent base, a high protein base for people. Okay. Julie, that was impassioned. Thank you. I mean, I <laughs> sometimes you. like to put cottage cheese on my toast. I mean, I do that. I combine our okay. two great loves. I will do that in the morning, like as a, as a nice, with a couple of slices of fruit on it, that's delicious too. Julie, I'm with you on this. Okay, all right. We are. Te- we are I mean, there's room for more dairy in your life. You can. You do not have to give up Greek yogurt to support the cottage cheese comeback. Okay, you can. But we want you to get on board. Just, add, just add a little to your life. See what happens. Cottage cheese comeback. I'm liking the the triple C aspect okay. of that. All right, from a, Liz, I want from a branding you to- point of view, Julie. Okay, my marketing guru, I want you to get to work. I want to put some of you put, – you've got some time apparently on your hands, Liz. Yeah, i got like 10 hours a day, Jill, 10 hours a day. I, I, so my, first in, my first instinct was to rebrand California so we could be an independent nation. Yes. But I think that's going to take some time. So, so maybe maybe just work on cottage cheese, Liz. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. Speaking of what I'm going to do with my time, some of the work I did a while ago is coming to fruition this week. So I just wanted to mention it because people, you know, people are always curious. You know, I spent the last six years working on the National Geographic Channel, among other things. So this is the week that the whole new National Geographic Channel launches. So there are two things I want to tell you about just quickly. The first is the big show, the blockbuster show that launched last night, but will be, you can watch it in repeats all month, whatever. It's called Mars. And if you are interested at all in science or space travel or adventure or exploration, This is a really, really unique show because what makes it unusual, it's about a crew that goes to Mars in 2033. So there are all these scripted, dramatized parts of it where they've landed on Mars and now they're trying to live there. That's the point. People are actually going to move to Mars and establish a colony. But intercut with that are documentary features or nonfiction explanations where the people right now, 2016, who are working on that science to make it possible in 2033, they're interviewed explaining, yeah, those suits they're wearing, that's why it has to be this way, the way they're going to grow their food, the way they got there. So you see like what it's going to take to get there, and then you see the dramatization of having gotten there. And it's you know just fascinating people from uh, NASA and JPL and Elon Musk's uh, company SpaceX and all these people, you know, it's a good reminder 
some things, some good, important things in life take a really long time. Yes. And like, like going to Mars, <laughs> you know? And so when you hear these people that do this full time now, this is what they work on all day now is getting us to Mars in, uh, you know, they, they really think that 2033 is the reasonable target. So for me, I mean, I think the show is really interesting conceptually, and it's kind of fun to think about, wow, in our lifetime, people can be living on Mars. Not not me. I don't think any of us really want to. <laughs> I don't, well, we were just, yeah, I don't, no, I don't think we're going to make it. I'm going to be too busy with cottage cheese. I can't, I really can't. <laughs> well, can't people may be reconsidering their position this week, though, on that. <laughs> Moving to Mars, looking good? Yeah, you never know. There might be a whole new wave of Mars enthusiasts out there. You never know. Well, there were a couple of things. So last night it premiered, but it's, so it's it's every Monday for a while. You can catch up with last night's uh, uh, anytime. The they were interviewing an engineer, a woman at SpaceX, um, who I just loved her attitude. She said, "Well, it's just an engineering problem like any other." I was like, really? Wow. It just begin to wrap your mind around the people that do that kind of work and that that is their approach, you know, and both she and Elon Musk and others in the show. It's like, well, there could be and what they call in the biz an impending extinction event here here on Earth. Again, that's a little bit of a downer. But instead of being depressed by that, People do something about it. So the uh, Elon Musk is very committed to this idea of being a multi-planetary species. And, that's, and we would be the first ever, as far as we know, in the universe, a species to live on multiple planets. Anyway, it's just like mind-blowing to hear these people talk about this and think about the fact that it's not just a book they read today. It's not, it's not science fiction. It's science. Mm-hmm. And there are people that are totally committed to establishing um, a uh, a colony on Mars in our lifetime. So if that turns you on in any way, I think you might really enjoy this show. I, I like the nonfiction parts of it better than the fiction parts yeah. because the fact that like really in Pasadena, right near where you live, Leon, mm-hmm. where JPL is, that's what they're doing in there all day, every day. That just blows my mind. Yeah. I love hey, this. Is this good for all ages or is this uh, more for adults? You know, I think I think kids of a certain age could watch okay. it and be interested, you know, seven years old. I don't know. It might be a little bit too advanced, uh, but certainly, you know, a little bit older than that. People that are, you know, kids that are like sixth grade, eighth grade doing like studying science in school and trying to figure out, like, what does this mean in the real world? You know, science is very important, people, despite what you may hear. <laughs> and the yeah. uh, so. So I would say like the next age group up from your grandchildren uh, is where you could you could begin to plug into this. But all over they've done all these special uh, videos and things that the kids could watch and appreciate the sort of how to parts or how to build this or, you know, so probably not a whole one hour episode that includes like talking heads and diagrams, but super cool videos about the work that's being done now. Um, I would I would definitely recommend that. And then. The other thing I just want to mention, uh, just for me, for me personally, the have you ever wondered like what you do if you're the head of marketing at a 
global television channel like I was at uh, at National Geographic, one of the things you're responsible for is the whole brand identity on the air. So what that channel looks like when you're going in and out of programming, what the the logo is, the way the screen moves, the way the, all the transitions between programming and commercials, all of the taglines and visuals and all of that, that is a branding package for a television channel. And last night was the launch of the brand new branding for National Geographic Worldwide. And that is, I was very proud to sit here bling on my living room couch watching it because that is the last thing I worked on at oh. National Geographic. So, and were you pleased with the way it looked? Uh, it. Yes. Okay, just, that's great, Liz. Okay. Beautiful. You know, and it's all about... To watch, Liz, is just to see the logo. I want to see it now. Yeah, it's not, it's more like how everything because in television it's not about a, a logo per se because everything is moving right so it's about how everything on the screen looks and all of those transitions so it's which i didn't understand until i went to television it's very it's a very different kind of branding approach than what you would get in a consumer product uh, so anyway, if you're if you're looking at it and there's a whole new tagline and spirit, really the whole channel has been repositioned and everything on that channel is going to be much more high end and really focused on science, adventure and exploration. All the reality TV shows are gone. All of that is gone. So it would be a good time to support serious, thoughtful, but entertaining programming about science, exploration and adventure. If you ask me. So just that's my own personal PSA. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there are a but, lot of good pictures. I'm on the site now. And you're right. There are a lot of videos you can click through and stuff. But if you just want to enjoy a lot of cool pictures of the supermoon from all over the world, the National Geographic site is the place to place to yeah. see it. Some great ones. Oh, wow. Look at these shots. Fantastic. Yeah. I, I recommend it. Yeah, it is. National Geographic is the number one brand on Instagram in the world. That's oh, not really? related to that's not related to a celebrity. I yes. didn't realize that. Yeah. Oh, and the same right. is true. Same is true on Facebook. Number one brand in the world oh, because huh. it is just it's so gorgeous and so beautiful and so inspirational. And nobody nobody does it better than National Geographic. So, again, that's another good thing to do. If you're looking for new news sources, new ways of learning about our world and our role in it, you know, like the National Geographic channel on uh, Facebook or on Instagram. And you will you will just get such happy images every day about things that will um, help you learn about about our planet and humans role. And of course, all the animal stuff, they they're great at that. So, OK, that, that's one end of the entertainment spectrum. The other end of the entertainment spectrum I wanted to cover today is a follow-up on something I mentioned this summer that I had listened to the audiobook of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone and Which... really thought, really thought, hey, this Harry Potter thing, this is kind of good. This is, you know, good on you, JK. Or, uh, I can see why people like this stuff. And the reason I had listened to the audiobook is because our brother and sister-in-law who live in uh, uh, Orange County, they had gotten tickets to a concert performance this past weekend of Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. This is a fascinating way to see a movie. So they play the movie, but all of the music is done live right there on the stage in front of you by – 
an orchestra. In this case, it was the Hollywood Chamber Orchestra, but a big, huge live orchestra does all of the music. It's so much so that you know, like you're watching the movie and you're getting into the movie and you almost keep forgetting that all the music is live. And then you look at, you know, all of the various sections in the orchestra and you can see them doing what they do. It was really, really a great way to appreciate movie music. Mm-hmm. You know, and Lee and I, this is something you talked about this summer, too, because you had been to a big Hollywood Bowl performance, right? Right. And we saw them do the live score of the Star Trek movie, like the first yeah. 10 minutes. They did that. And the conductor there said, um, he said, you know, John Williams is sort of single-handedly responsible for the explosion of these kind of, of this appreciation of movie music, but also these sort of events where you watch the movie and you hear the score. It's exciting in a weird way that you can't explain, right? Like, are yes. they going to finish? Are they going to stay on time? <laughs> you know? <laughs> is music going to keep going after the movie stops? I mean, it's just, it's just for idiots like me, you know, who don't. Yeah. Know no, anything. no. It, yeah. It, like it's a fantastic way, Julie. Like this is something your grandchildren would love. It's a fa- fantastic way to appreciate orchestral music, which yes. you or otherwise. I mean, I don't bother to go see a performance. Snoozer. Yeah, I don't. Either. Either. Yeah, I don't either. even just the word orchestra, like you know. But the the this music is so gorgeous and tied to such dramatic and fun storytelling on the screen at the same time. The reason they've been doing this in Orange County is to get young people interested. Well, that's a great way, as I was saying, you know, as orchestras struggle for attendance and for audiences. This, this oh, yeah. This was Saturday night, Seegerstrom Hall, packed to the rafters yeah. with yeah. people of all ages, uh, our nephew, Daniel, who you guys know is a huge, huge Harry Potter fan. He even brought his wand with him. He's 16 years old, but he still brought his wand. He's, he is not too proud to bring his wand to, Excellent. Excellent. to a Harry Potter orchestra performance. Anyway, I know this is, this is all produced by a company called Sine Concerts, and I know they do things like this around the country. So I just wanted to mention it, that if you have an opportunity to go to something like this, it is a fantastic way to appreciate orchestral music and the skill of the individual musicians in an orchestra in a totally accessible, fun way. Oh, people were cheering. It was really great. So okay, that was good uh, recommendation, Liz. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. I would, I would, I would totally go again. I might have to read another Harry Potter movie. <laughs> book. Okay, Liz, get in deep. I was just looking up their tour dates. I don't have time here because I'm doing the next story, but we can. I'll put that link on the website, Cine Concerts. I'm looking yeah. it up. It's here. Uh, all right. You know, um, we're, we're just really getting down to the ridiculous now, but this just caught my eye this morning. Again, not watching the news, so I'm reading Health Magazine over coffee, and it just reminded me of the cozy couches. Quick fixes for fashion fails. And, you know, what was the number one, like, tip we heard over and over again. What was the number one material used for tips and cozy couches? Do you remember? It was uh, old pantyhose. Pantyhose, Liz. There you go. Well done. <laughs> well done. Got some pantyhose <laughs> tips for you. That just made me laugh. And then one tip that I thought, if you have to employ this tip, you should just not leave your house. Just stay <laughs> on. Because, <laughs> like, that's just, as women, that's just, we should just band together and not do not do it. Okay, but, Okay. 
So we know, Liz, you know, you know how to clean, uh, to fix a run in your tights. It's the old clear nail polish, right? Yeah. But then Mm -hmm. they do remind you that you can store your next pair overnight in the freezer. We know that, right? We've heard that before, yeah. We've known that a long time. Okay, but did you know you could do this with your pantyhose, Liz, for deodorant stains? You can rub old stockings against your dress to erase white marks. It even works on delicate fabrics like silk. Okay. So get to work, Liz. Yep. You could you could spend an hour doing that, Liz. <laughs> then you're only down to nine hours a day. Okay, I'll have to go. I don't have any pantyhose, but I, I I'll know go. that's <laughs> Okay. Blisters from new heels. All right. Happens the holidays. You have an ambitious pair of shoes on. You have no uh no band-aid. If you just slather your feet in petroleum jelly. Okay, that's the way to you can slip it on before putting on the new shoes to prevent friction. There's a good tip. There's a good uh tip. But here's the one that really made me howl, okay? (laughs) Shapewear that rolls, okay? You know when you have your, like, shapewear pants on, it starts bunching up the side and rolling? Okay, this is what they want you to do. They want you to spritz your body with a little stronghold hairspray. So, like... (laughs) Oh, that's like what Miss America contest contestants do in the bathing suits, right? To keep their bathing suits from riding up their butt. Just let it all hang out. At that point, just take the shorts off, skip spraying your your abdomen with hairspray. (laughs) You think you should stay home? Just stay in your bathrobe? Just practice some body acceptance and go, okay. (laughs) The point where I'm spraying hairspray on my abdomen, you should just say, what am I doing here? So, there you go. There you go. How did we come to this? Yeah, how do we get here? Question. How do we get here, Liz? How do we get here? Okay. Thanks, Leanne. That's a really good reminder. Yep. I, I, I know we're getting close to the wrap-up here, so I wanted to just have a little conversation about uh, resetting the rules of civility for Satellite Sisters. Because uh, we had to delete messages and threads this week. And we've never had to do that before. We have been doing Satellite Sisters since before 9-11. We, as a show, as sisters, as a listener community, and as a country, we've been through lots of hard things, difficult things, times where people were fearful or disagreed with each other. And we at Satellite Sisters have always managed to remain civil, and we are going to do that now. So... (laughs) Right. Absolutely. So get yourselves together here. And here's another thing. We work hard on Satellite Sisters to talk about important issues in the news without putting everything through a partisan political filter. You know, it's important to us that, you know, Julie's always had her international news reports. You've probably learned more about Vladimir Putin from Julie on Satellite Sisters than you have from any of your other news sources. Or when we do the Bitter Business Bureau to talk about egregious examples of bad corporate behavior. It's important to us to be able to talk about things like that. Or when we call out issues related to sexism or exploitation in the world. Like all of that is important to us, but we try to do it in a civil way. And as I say, not through a partisan political filter. And it would make me very sad if we started to feel like we couldn't talk about some of these complicated things because, you know, people can't take it. People are too angry. Uh, You know, that's just not right. So if you want to comment, fine. Of course, we want your comments. Uh, If you want to add your own posts on our Satellite Sisters Facebook group, that's why we have it. 
we want to hear what's important to you. And we, we like the fact that this show goes from the sublime to the ridiculous, as we just did over the last 52 minutes, you know, right. like we, we don't want to be afraid to bring up things that are slightly complicated. So, um, so if you want to play along with that, we, we really love having you, but no incivility, no recycling pre-programmed talking points, political right. talking points. You know, if that's what you want to do. No name calling. Yeah, no name calling. Yeah. No, if really, if that's what you want, there, there's a show for you, but it's not this one. Mm-hmm. And there's a social media environment for you, but it's it's not Satellite Sisters. But I know that most of you don't feel that way. So just we just wanted to like remind ourselves and remind everyone who is part of the Satellite Sisterhood that this is what it's about, to be able to talk about it all in the way that friends and sisters and people who respect each other talk about it. So the Satellite Sisters Facebook group, continues on if you would like our facebook page we would like you to like it you know we tweet from time to time both as sat sisters and also individually we're going to continue to put ourselves out there the things that are important to us the things that make us laugh and we want you to feel like you can always be part of that but just a little just a little reminder a little reset you know going back to the channeling a little bit of Dr. Forney, you know, civility is what will allow us to sort of tackle some of these things that we uh, we disagree on. So there you go. That's the way I feel about that. You sisters in for that? Yes. I think that's you, that's a, a good plan, Liz. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't. Yeah. So. Okay, yeah, so as a reminder, you know, do do join the Facebook group. It's normally super fun. And the or the Twitter, Leon, you tweeted something out or where did you today just like egregiously bad Instagram photos of children? You That's know, on the Facebook page. I was we, I had tears coming down my face <laughs> watching watching normal parents try to recreate like art shots of babies, you know, by putting them in watermelons or in Easter in baskets. baskets. Yeah, oh god, Julie. You show it's funny. It's funny. But you know, it's okay for other stuff too. I mean you can you can talk about issues that are important, but as Liz said, that just you know, the filter should be civility, not partisan yes. politics. That's yeah. what I would say. Yeah. Also, I just want to remind people um, a couple of things. We do the two TV recaps, Julie and I carrying on with Paul Dark. Whatever, Shoot. Ross. Whatever. We 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 got it. We're there. Civility might break down when we talk about Pull Dark this week, Liam. Oh right? my gosh. Oh, oh, I hate him. I hate him. All right, and then, and then, Madam Secretary, she is doing a fine job as the Secretary of State of the United States of America, isn't she, Julie? Excellent. It was a very tricky situation this week, and she used. She just was brilliant. And then we want to remind you that our book of essays, You're the Best, A Celebration of Friendship, is available at Amazon and other stores. It's a great little holiday gift. Maybe you're going to a Friendsgiving. Bring your friends. Uh, oh, it's the perfect gift for that. Yeah, bring, bring them a bag of ice and a copy of the book. It's <laughs> good. Got it, Jewel. That's it. Just want to remind you that the book is out there. It's a wonderful collection of essays. We wrote it with our nieces and daughters and daughters-in-law. It's voices 15 to 60 about the importance of female friendships in our lives and how they grow and change and what they mean to us over the course of our lifetime. And it is meant to be a perfect little gift book. So if you're thinking bottle of wine or book, pick book this year. Maybe this is the year (laughs) to pick book. You can find it at Amazon or you can order it or find it at a bookstore near you. 
Just want to remind you, you're the best is still out there. All right. All right. Well, well, you don't have to ask what we're doing because you're going to be cooking the turkey, right? right? Liz, you have to buy the chocolate turkeys. And now I have to come up with another turkey meal for next week. So there you go. Turkey enchiladas. That's what I would vote for. That's, but I'm not coming to your house. So are we doing, what's the deal with the show next week? Are we doing, is it, I know we're talking to Ian Punnett about his book. So we're doing that in advance. Okay. Yeah. We have to figure that out. Okay. Whether that, so we'll definitely have a Tuesday show. Oh, okay. It will either, right. we it will either be a fresh new show or it will be our interview with the end, which okay. will, which will be super fun. But uh, yeah, we'll, we'll post info about that. Okay. Have to lock, good idea. Sounds lock great. We just, we just lost, <laughs> lost track of time here <laughs> the last week. <laughs> All right, sisters. Have a great week, everybody. You, you too. too. And don't forget, call your satellite sister. <laughs>